0: Hi, this is Marion Nessel. I'm the Paulette Goddard Professor of Nutrition, Food Studies, and Public Health at New York University and a longtime fan of Heritage Radio.
1: Like Marion, you too can support Heritage Radio Network, a member based nonprofit radio station operating out of Bushwick, Brooklyn.
0: I've been on it countless times. I love being interviewed. The interviewers are always really well prepared and fun to talk to about the issues that matter to me the most, uh, about how we can change our food system to one that's healthier for people and the environment. It's just invaluable to have an independent radio station that's dealing with these issues. I think it's a wonderful, wonderful asset.
1: Support Heritage Radio Network by becoming a member today. Go to heritageradionetwork.org and click on the beating heart to donate. Today's program is brought to you by Cane Vineyard and Winery, a Napa Valley winery committed to respecting the soil and dedicated to the creation of three Cabernet blends.
2: For more information, visit cane5.com. Good morning and welcome to the main course without Patrick Martins on heritageradionetwork.org. I am your host Alexis McLaughlin, here with everyone's number one Philip Gilmore.
0: Everyone's number one. Everyone's that is my official one. title. Yes.
2: That and the mayor of Bushwick. <laughs> and the interim vice chancellor of fun. Yes. Uh, very excited. We have Rebecca Greenfield in the studio with us. Rebecca works for Bloomberg covering, uh, work culture, and she also is a co-host of the new podcast, uh, Game Plan, which is really excellent. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for being with us. Uh, I was actually paying attention. I don't know why our, I I love our theme music. Mm -hmm. It's, it's kind of like super slow, but fun and kind of video gamey.
0: It gets, it gets faster.
2: Oh no, no. it, It definitely picks up. Um, but it's just uh, listening to listening to game plan. I really like you guys' intro music. Is you can thank our producer for that.
0: What is it, what is the intro music?
1: Now I can't think of think of it. <laughs> I have yours really stuck in my head. But when it comes on, it it's very upbeat. Yeah, you're it's it, kind of video gamey too, actually.
0: I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Even Flow by Pearl Jam. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's what it is. No, mm, Even Flow. I was gonna say
2: it's Crash Test me. David is vetoing that choice. Yeah. Uh, your um, game plan is actually produced by the wonderful and talented Liz Smith, who yes. is our old producer. Yeah, so she's share so great.
1: Yeah, she's really a great. Obviously, has great taste in opening music. Yes. Did she?
2: Did she find your opening music too? No, actually, the music was found is a friend of Phil's. Yeah. Tufu. Yeah.
0: Tufu. I always say that one. Out. Yeah, Liz Smith is the best producer that has ever worked for Heritage Radio. David, no. Chime in David, no.
1: He has to respect those who came before him.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, did, has Liz ever talked to you about her early um, childhood taste in music? She makes fun of me for my taste in music. <coughs> Liz, to this day, still loves Hanson
1: we we Hansen came on not our podcast but our sister podcast which I'm going to mention and get so many props for Material World and <laughs> they they came on to talk about their uh, beer business that okay. they have like a craft brewery now
0: Do you know how much uh, I I don't know why I did this but they I guess the 25th anniversary or something of Umbop or 20 year yeah, anniversary Yeah they just did a performance yeah. or something So I just was like I wonder I wonder what they're up to so I just did like and Never listened to the band. I only know the one song, but they're just kind of, you know, like some weird phenomenon. And uh, you know how much the drummer is worth? A lot. Forty million dollars.
2: What? What do you mean? Is it from what? his beer business?
0: I don't know. <laughs> well the other two the other two are worth twenty million. I, I just said, you know, Hansen and and then Net Worth, one of the celebrity net worth websites came up and the two brothers are worth twenty million each, but the drummer, that little kid that used to be this tall, is worth forty <laughs> million dollars. I guess he just like took his money and invested it somehow yeah, or, we know.
2: should all be one hit wonders. Yeah, I know. That's the way. The ticket. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm late to the game, but I, I still have it in me. Yeah. I don't know what that pop breakout's going to be. It's, it's going to be something like a Call Me Maybe. Yeah. We'll see. Great Aww. song. Yeah. <laughs> Summer Jam three yeah. years ago. Yeah. So how's it, how's it been going? Um, how many episodes are you into on Game Plan? We
1: have done four. We have every week we put out an episode. So next week will be our fifth and they go by so fast. Yeah. You put in all this time and then they're just gone out there in the world. And then everyone's just demanding Yeah, one another and, and take, they think it takes it's a lot of work to so make it so easy and it's not. It's really fun though. I've had so much fun doing the show. Um, my background is not in audio. Yeah. Really? So it's been a learning experience. It, and you have so much respect for people who have a good rapport and are good at speaking and good at putting together stories. It's 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 a skill. It's so mu- you guys, props. It must mm-hmm. be really challenging. <laughs> did you learn that on our podcast? <laughs> I did. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs>
0: how, how did the podcast come about?
1: Um, I had an idea with a coworker that we should make a podcast, because podcasts are kind of great. They're very great. And what I cover is workplace culture, and that is just something people love to talk about the stuff I write gets so much attention because everybody works Mm -hmm. and everybody hates email and everybody uses these new tools. And even people who don't work in offices can relate to, we did an episode on office jargon, for example, and I was hanging out with a furniture builder last night Mm -hmm. and a teacher and I work in an office and everybody, we were all talking about jargon. So it's really a relatable topic that there aren't any podcasts about. So let's
2: do it. So here's, you know, something that I learned in the jargon episode is that I always, I like jargon. Um I'm, typically I find that I I really really like jargon uh, but I I figured out that it's a little different than the jargon that you were talking about in your res- er, in your episode because I grew up with a dad that does uh, like general contracting at least on the side and so I find that jargon related to a very specific topic is effective in that it like helps you communicate a really specific idea yeah. very exactly because you're using the exact term the exact name and it's okay if you're not using it to be like exclusive, but the jargon that you use in emails that like represents kind of like non yeah feelings, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on on what that would be, but just like the
1: yeah I'm trying placeholders,
2: a, like let's let's you know let's loop it up and like circle back or ping <laughs> me. It just sounds really dorky <laughs> and is also not doing the jargon like. Uh, being a more effective way of communicating
1: yeah people use jargon to not really say what they want to say often i think that's why people hate it so much but i agree with you that sometimes it's useful and yeah. it, it's like a language like i actually do know what someone means when they say let's circle back it means we'll talk about this well, that later one,
2: that one is that one's fine i don't mind that one like, Yeah, but I'll... people hate it
1: i mean i'm with you i'm team we can use jargon sometimes but <laughs> people are really sensitive <laughs>
2: Yeah, I guess there's different kinds of jargon. Is there, is there podcast jargon? Mm, I don't I know. Think, I, I David, do you have any podcast jargon or, or
0: riffing? <laughs> so, sure. Sorry, can you repeat the question?
2: Uh, po- podcast jargon or maybe like audio engineering jargon?
0: Mm, yeah, yeah, print that. Yeah, we're printing that. I P- don't know what that means. Print, print that mix. Yeah,
1: that's, <laughs> nope. no, those aren't words to me. Okay. That's not a sentence.
2: Yeah, uh, publishing has a lot of jargon.
1: Yeah, I mean, I work in pub journalism. Yeah, there's lots of words we use to sound cool. Like, we don't call it a headline; it's a head, and the like subhead below that is a deck. And we say pubbing. It's just, (laughs) it's like you're making something that to just sound cool or like exclusive. It excludes some people from the club. Uh, I, think,
0: so, I think, though, it kind of maybe comes out organically, though. Yeah, it does. You know? Like it's rest, like language. Rest, obviously, obviously yeah, restaurants... Yeah, there's got to uh, be a ton. There's, there's tons, you know?
1: What's a good one? Uh,
0: you know, the weeds. The weeds. You know what the weeds is? No, in the That's, weeds. Yeah, in the weeds. That means that, like, you know, you, you get, like, three tables at one time, and they're all really needy, and you get so... You're so busy all at once that you can't even organize your mind, and you kind of get in the weeds. That happens. That's so
1: interesting, because we have a term in the weeds also in writing Mm -hmm. and it's when you can't really you have to you're like too deep in the topic like you're in the weeds so it's a little bit
0: different but it's the same jargon yeah or 86 obviously yeah i think that's kind of everywhere
2: david did you find any more audio ones
0: did I find any more? Like, I'm Googling them right now. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I'm asking. I can't see what you're doing. You're in the booth. No, I was going to make a joke that, like, I could say I'm in the weeds with, with hosts and shows on this network sometimes. <laughs> but that's not really a joke. That's kind of true.
2: You're just working really hard yep. over there.
0: Mm-hmm. Your job
2: must be... Your job sounds really difficult. There must be a lot of challenges. There's a
0: lot of buttons to push. He's he's pretending to uh, Google um, radio uh, audio uh, radio jargon, but what yeah, he's but really Googling is, Uh, drummer, handsome, naked. (laughs) Oh, oh God. In an incognito window, of course.
2: (laughs) Um, I keep, I keep referencing a recent episode where he had on, uh, a journalist and he, he talked about politeness in the office.
1: Yeah, that was a really fun episode. We did an episode about being nice at work because there's this theory that work has become not nice, that everyone's just trying to get ahead and is really callous. And we had on this guest, Paul Ford, who is a writer and um, also owns a small business. And he wrote this great essay about how he's lived his life as a very polite person. And in it, he talks about this party trick, which I love so much, that he uses that he says gets people to talk to him and open up to him. And it's anytime he's at a party and he meets someone, inevitably their job will come up. And he'll be like, what do you do? And they'll tell him. And then he'll say oh that sounds really hard why don't you tell me more about that and he says that just people love it mm-hmm. they just
2: it's that instant validation yeah, you're like it is hard it's so challenging because it's people dangerous. are
0: narcissistic ego, ego yeah maniacs. and we just want someone to
2: like <laughs> well it to just, acknowledge us yeah because everyone thinks that so. what they do is challenging in some way and it probably is but just to for someone to say that off the bat you're like wow
1: you get me like you care and but I we joked with him that it's so hard to say that sincerely to say like that must be hard I, just when I say that I think it sounds like ironic and callous and not that
2: sounds so hard Yeah, pretty much um <laughs> but yeah try that at a party <laughs> see if you make some friends what is what is the most common work culture uh, either other question or complaint that you come across I am I'm pretty new to the office life and I've really recently just stepped into a creative agency, which is another dynamic of, of office life. Mm-hmm. A little bit more, I think, structured, like, corporate.
1: Yeah. Um, people often complain not about their actual work. No one ever complains about their job, you know, the actual work of the job. People always complain about kind of their, like, basic human needs, like air conditioning or... Um. Yeah, office temperature is a huge one or etiquette in the office or just like the fact of having to be in a building with a bunch of people you did not choose to be with on a daily basis, which is a kind of a weird thing that we have to do. And people are always, always complaining about that aspect of the job. And that's I think those are the stories that people tend to read about where they feel like their feelings are validated, basically.
0: So what what is your day job?
1: My day job is I'm a reporter at Bloomberg, and I mostly write stories about kind of office culture phenomenon. So that's everything from what we wear to work to where we sit to how we eat to boring kind of... HR stuff mm-hmm. Even benefits And health insurance So that's what I cover mm-hmm. And then I do The podcast also nice. The Game Plan Show
2: My my favorite uh, Well Archer I love the cartoon But my One of my favorite Aspects of the show Is like the heavy um, HR side of it And like Pam and cereal, Cyril always arguing About like Flex bucks and Flex cash. <laughs> Honestly, anything I know about health insurance or <laughs> pensions comes from listening to that show. And I'll make uh, jokes with other people, like I understand what Flex bucks are, and I really don't.
0: What is it? I don't even. Know. I've never even heard this. Uh,
2: flex bucks is is I think just um, maybe built into an insurance package. So you have maybe I think maybe it goes towards uh, what's that down payment? Your your <laughs> Not your deposit, your deductible. Mm-hmm. I sound like an idiot right now. Um I'm not very experienced in adulting. Yeah. Um <laughs> But it's you know it's something like that and like if if you don't use them in like a year then you get they go back. away or yeah. they roll over you know like all these yeah. different kinds of plans I that I know nothing about. But I don't
1: really watch Archer, and I'm loving that they have an HR plotline. Really Archer plot
2: oh, <laughs> it's, it's Archer's the best. It's, so. it's like I know, it's I know, a B it's story. It's the B to C story of every episode. That's amazing. It's just like the stupid bureaucracy of.
1: There is so much bureaucracy in the office and. Um, it, I think I mean maybe this is your experience having kind of gone to a more corporate setting, but it's very odd at first was
2: I don't know if it kind of weirded you out. Well my settings very casual. It's a very small boutique company, but they all come from corporate ad agencies. So I think that they've brought along the the procedures that you know, that like, you know, the structure to organization of projects and, and the structure to creative meetings that's really great. Mm-hmm. But have kind of dropped a lot of the other unnecessary unnecessary, like yeah culture stuff like printing out proofs and having everyone like physically initial them to make sure everyone signs off
1: yeah it's just offices try really hard to create what they like to call culture and a lot of it
2: is completely bs (laughs) Is there any examples of like really successful culture or companies that have created really successful culture that are that are something to model so, or, or look at?
1: So, I mean, the company that everybody has been modeled after now. So when, in startup culture is really popular right now is because Google was so successful and Google has a famously laid back culture where people you know, can wear what they want. And that was pretty novel at the time. When they started, they were pushing back against a more buttoned-up culture, and then because they were so successful, all these companies thought that that was the secret to success was to have like a ball pit and snacks, and it's not. It's just that's more the product of their success than anything else. So that's that's the company that everybody models themselves after.
0: At Etsy. I don't know if you've, have you have ever spent time at Etsy.
1: I'm trying to think if I have. I don't think I have, but do they have kind oh, of like oh, a... Oh,
0: it's it's ridiculous. Like, okay, you get there for breakfast. They have organic nuts and granola. They they literally have five different types of coffee. They have coffee on tap, cold brew on tap. They have the Keurig things. They have espresso. They have drip coffee. They yeah, have French press, literally. Amazing. 20 <laughs> different types of tea and not the cheap teas. All organic fruit. And that's just for breakfast. And then once or twice a week, they actually bring in a restaurant or a chef to cook for them. And it's 550 people in an hour and a half. Wow. So we've actually done it a few times. Yeah. And so it's so, it's so neat because like, even if you have an onion that you put in the dish, they want to know where the onion came from. It's really hardcore organic.
1: Wow. Yeah. That's kind of great. And if you work there, that's awesome. And they also
0: have like wine, like red and white wine on tap and beer and all
1: So I, I just next week have a story coming out. I'm going to plug it about co-working spaces. Are you like kind of WeWork? Do you mm-hmm. know? Are you guys When does, your,
2: when does your podcast air? Or what so did your podcast
1: has, uh, release? Our podcast is Wednesday morning. This is okay. a print we online. Should, we should, so we this should. is going to come out a f- on the Sunday after the show. Okay. So I will so, have had so this, a story. So this past Wednesday, this, you... <laughs> I have been working on a story about co-working spaces, um, kind of like WeWork-type mm-hmm. places. I don't know if you guys are familiar. Mm-hmm. And I spent a week at... There are over 100 co-working brands in New York City. Wow. And I spent a week at a lot of them. And they, they, they're kind of like the 2.0 of kind of the Etsy thing you were mm-hmm. talking about. Because WeWork attracted all these people by having beer on tap. Mm. That was their signature thing. But now if you're a co working brand you have to do more than that yeah. to attract people. So I spent time at one called Primary. Um, it's in downtown Manhattan and their their thing is all wellness and they have like kombucha and green juices and you do yoga. It's so crazy. Like that's uh, your office. Yeah. Just at one PM there's a yoga like a legitimate yoga class going on
2: i like that in theory (laughs) yes i don't know if that would is how i work best i don't know it kind of seems
0: you you know does you know it does work good do you know about nap rooms yeah. Yeah. So they did a whole bunch of studies, and people that allow their employees to take like a twenty-minute nap in the afternoon or in the mid mid morning, it actually increases productivity. They actually, and actually, oddly enough, if you have an office with a thousand people and people are allowed to take naps, you save money on coffee. Oddly enough, because everybody drinks ten coffees to push themselves through, you know, the day, and then if they do this just this one twenty-minute nap, they don't drink as much coffee. <laughs>
1: yeah, I actually. uh tested there are all these napping devices for napping at work because it's yeah. apparently supposed to work but a lot of companies don't have nap rooms so I tested all these weird like head pillows and tried to nap in the office and it was a complete disaster but you can watch it on video <laughs> it was filmed. How do we find that? You... If you use your Googling skills, I'm confident you can find it. Office nap reviews. Office nap I've seen because it's like the inflatable pillow yeah. hood things. Yeah. They're gross, to be honest. Okay. They get really smelly. <laughs> Just find a nap room or like a hallway.
0: Yeah.
2: Um. So the Netflix, do you, like, they have a really interesting work culture. Like, they push their employees, you know, every... Basically, if you're not if you're not adding to the company, there's no there's no room for you. But that being said, they have unlimited uh, vacation, any year. They're really flexible, and I think that for me, that's like the greatest benefit. Someone that's flexible with time, because I, you know, I'll get it done. I'll do whatever that's needs to be done, but I'll do it thing, on yeah. my time because sometimes I, I just want to work at midnight. That's the number one thing that employees really want
1: is flexibility. And my theory is that we want to be treated like adults, but often the workplace doesn't... Tr- it treats people kind of like children. Yeah. Like you are back in elementary school. Because you
0: have to be... There has to be a hierarchy yeah. and there has to be a boss and then that goes down.
1: Right. And I think it's it's jarring for people like us who you are in the real world and you control your own time and you're like i'm a responsible person if i don't get my work done like i know i'm gonna get fired or not perform well so why don't you let me do it on my time but the workplace just wasn't set up for that you know it's set up for you know it evolved from industrial revolution nine to five clocking in and it evolved from jobs that weren't like our types of creative jobs but were more like Oh no! You're going to spend eight hours building this truck, and you're only going to make so many parts. They're more dependent on you
2: being physically physically there for a
1: certain amount of hours. And the workplace hasn't quite evolved out of that, but it is starting to. Like you said, with some of the
2: flexible hour stuff, and employees love that. Uh, So we're talking about workplace culture and podcast and anything and everything with Rebecca Greenfield. (coughs) We're going to take a quick break, and then we will be right back.
0: And this one's called Third Degree Rug Burns by Taxstar. We'll be right back. This is Chris Howell from Kane Vineyard and Winery, calling in from Spring Mountain above the Napa Valley. Thank you for listening to this show. In our industrial world of highly processed food and wine, we support the values of Heritage Radio Network. All of us at Cain encourage you to seek out individuality and beauty in everything you eat and drink. To learn more about us, go to cane 5com
2: Welcome back to the main course. We have a little communication problem with uh, David in the engineering booth. Give me eyes. I didn't know what you were telling me to do.
0: No, I was just saying hello.
2: We were chatting.
0: With we our do. minds. Uh, <laughs>
2: we, we always get let the break run away with us. Like get caught into conversation. It's like we're 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 here to talk on the on the radio, and then like break comes, everyone starts chatting. Uh, You you guys do your show a little bit differently because we're I mean obviously we're we're live to tape, so it's just off the cuff. You you guys do more produced segments, so you don't sit down.
1: Yeah, I think that's we're luckier. It's harder (laughs) to do live. (laughs) You think? (laughs) Yeah, because you can edit it to sound. They Liz, the producer, who we cannot. Stop praising is a great editor. She edits out all my dumb things I say and my likes, <laughs> and she makes me sound a lot better. But yeah, we we sit we do it in piecemeal, and it's it comes out better for me. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I you know I I really like just doing the live take. It's I like just sitting down and, and putting it, putting it out there. Phil, what about you?
0: Mm, I kind of like live. Like to stand by what I say when I say it. Yeah, unembarrassedly.
2: I think is I, that a
0: word unembarrassed. Now it is. <laughs> <There> it is. <laughs>
2: uh, I, I think doing produced pieces is like definitely interesting. Actually, what we did. Last week with the uh, event mm-hmm. um, that was kind of produced and David helped us with that uh, doing doing cutting interviews out a, cutting, cutting out a cutting couple in. naughty parts cutting out <laughs> a couple <laughs> naughty parts <laughs> um, did that <laughs> thank you uh, also just like inter- introducing intros to everything it was it was fun but it yeah, also exactly seems like a I, lot of work yeah. it's a lot of work it's can be exhausting when
1: you have to take another take of something that you just had a whole conversation about but. I like some my I someone described my show as more of a variety show, which I think is kind of fun to listen to. It it has breaks; it's not just one thing happening. For how it. long
0: is your show after it's edited? It's between
1: twenty and thirty minutes.
0: So you record for like forty five minutes and then cut it down, or well,
1: it's I don't even know how to, long it is because we have to do separate tapings. Like we'll have someone come in oh, for an interview,
0: yeah,
1: cut their interview down. We'll do an intro, cut you that down. end up
2: with more like an hour, probably, or so, yeah.
1: Yeah, our episode last week um, is our most produced show, and it was really fun to put together. We mm-hmm. kind of did a little bit in this American lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Tried to be like a like j- poke fun at that style a little bit. I like the half baked takes. Oh yeah, that was my co-host Francesca, who's not here right now. Her idea, and it is our favorite segment in half baked takes. We talk about ideas that we just opinions we have Mm -hmm. that aren't fully formed (laughs) and it's just our half baked take
0: so an example yeah
1: one example that i have was that i would like so this is something you wouldn't know about unless you worked in an office but um i would like to kill elevator chivalry like there are all these (laughs) men i work with and they hold the elevator door open for you to let the woman out but it causes a huge traffic jam and it's not like they're even doing me a favor by like activating the sensor in the elevator door just like don't do that let's just everyone walk out of the elevator i don't need my coworkers to show me how chivalrous they are it's kind of weird so that's that's an example of a half-baked take
0: you know i get i get accused of being chivalrous sometimes and i i like i'll call people ma'am hmm but I'm also from the south. I'll be it's like, a thing. yeah, but it's like it's like also you know there's certain things like holding doors for people. That you know, it seems
1: like a nice thing to do. Yeah, for any that's nice. Yeah, like hold any gender can hold the door for someone. Yeah, and I don't do it. Them. I don't
0: even do it gender gender specific. But it seems though sometimes women are the one that get offended by it because they think right. I'm doing it just because they're a woman. But yeah. it's not true. I
2: I have a really like specific opinion about this, and it has nothing to do with like the the. Um, you know, male female aspect of it. I get mad at my boyfriend a lot for it. Um, I think you have to use your judgment in a situation, especially when you're in a place like New York. We'll be walking side by side, or he'll be like kind of in front of me, and then we'll get to a you know construction on the sidewalk that narrows you into like a single file, and he'll like kind of stop, and then that forces me to stop behind him, and then he'll like walk to behind me, and then like let me go forward. I'm like, no, 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 you need to evaluate and just. You just you go first. You go first. Like if if it's like a stupid New York thing that I also need to slow down. But it's just like if you're if you're like causing a traffic jam or a bottleneck in order to like turn around and be more chivalrous, like I, exactly, that annoys me. It, I, in I heard, the right I, situation, it's it's appreciated.
0: I actually uh, hung out with this girl for like a minute, <laughs> uh, kind of <laughs> a year ago. But she like accused me of not being chivalrous enough. But she was so weird. Like one of the things was like, Oh, the man should always walk on uh towards the street just in case there's ever a splash. Like that's like that's supposed to be some etiquette. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking I'm about?
1: I'm sorry, you live in New York City, you yeah. have to be okay getting dirty yeah, and yeah, germs exactly. all over yeah. you.
0: Yeah. So she, she'd call me on a couple of things like that, like, you know, open doors, like you should do that. I'm like, I've been kind of brainwashed by feminism my whole life. But then, but then like, like she would do things. <laughs> We're going to be the title of the episode <laughs> yes. Brainwashed
2: by Feminism.
0: Yes, I don't actually believe in any of it. I've just been brainwashed. No, 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 I, of course I believe in it. But, like, but then, like, she got drunk, and then, like, she would, like, be like, let me see your phone and grab it for me. I'm like, you're not acting like a lady now, are you? You know, like, so it goes, goes both ways. You're,
2: like, the most kind person. You know, I know, you're very thoughtful. I think mindfulness is, is what it comes down to, like being mindful, uh, and then that, that's all that's we it. need, right? Yeah. yeah, like being thoughtful and mindful. And yeah. sometimes, sometimes that means getting off the elevator first, so you remove your big fleshy body from being an obstacle for all exactly. of us to walk around. Exactly.
1: I think it's chivalry is weirder at work because these are people you work with, and mm-hmm. there's no place for that in the office. And then also, I think people just do it to feel good about themselves. Like they, they did a good deed to their coworker. And-
0: okay, okay, let's get deep now. So you as <laughs> girls, if you, you meet a guy and you're just, you know, it's a new relationship, let's say. Okay. Um, and he picks you up in a car. And then he goes around and opens the passenger door. Is that is that a good sign or a bad sign?
1: I would definitely note it. I would I would file that away as a data point, but I wouldn't be sure how to judge him yet. Yeah, I it, would it, love that. I would
2: absolutely love that. Really? I would not expect it every time, but you know, I think I think we're all way too jaded in this world where mm. we're like, you know, I'm a modern woman, and so that makes me uncomfortable. What a creep! I would never see him again. You know, like, that's always like this kind of jokey reaction. But it's I think like with a stranger
0: did. though, as a guy with the stranger, it's always a toss up. Mm-hmm. Like, because it can go like people can read it both ways, and there's yeah, no they write-on. really can't yeah. i like why the fuck did you just have to open my door or? Why didn't you open the are door? We, are
2: we really in this world, like where we think that that yes. gesture means <laughs> yes. that the the person is implying that I'm not physically able to? I just I think it's or over, or, or the opposite or, or,
0: or the or the what about the inverse though of like why did they do that? <laughs> you know? I, right. I
2: just don't overanalyze things that much. I think it's I think it's mm. cute in its antiquated way. Mm. I think it's an interesting gesture when it's hard to make uh, other gestures in uh, our modern world. It's like that's something that stands out and that's something you can do. I, I
0: kind of you know what that kind of like her answer though, because then like, you know, and then if you're at a restaurant and then he orders for you and then cuts yeah, your steak and for like, you, okay, he's that guy. <laughs> no. Like I don't the, need that the, guy. Then, then, then you know why he opened the door exactly. for you at the car. Exactly. Yeah, I that's think that's good. just notable. Yeah. Notable. Yeah. But we'll different. see.
1: Another thing that you would be surprised at how many differing opinions people have is about the man paying for the woman on a date. That is a conversation I have with friends all the time we all have different opinions
0: yeah, I'm, I'm done with that i'm just like but also too like well my whole my whole theory whenever i go out to eat with anybody whether it's one person or 10 people my rule is i'm okay for paying for everybody or not paying at all that's a I'm, great i'm, 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 I'm okay because it's eating dinner with somebody is such an intimate thing and i've spent 30 years of my life working in restaurants watching people literally literally get in like 10 minute arguments about one glass of wine and there's like eight people. I didn't know the one you did you know, like, are you kidding me? If you all just shut up and put in 75 cents, it's done.
1: Yeah. I hate, I agree. Like I'm okay paying more on a restaurant bill sometimes because that's what happens when you go out to dinner.
0: But then if it happens 10 times with the same people, then fuck them.
1: Yeah. Maybe they're not good friends. (laughs) I
2: like, uh, I mean, I'm the same way. You're generous. You're very generous. I, I, I always have my card out. Like, I don't care. I'll, I'll put it down. I'll pick up the whole check. I get that from my father. Um, I I like when a guy pays on a date. I think that's nice. I don't. It's not yeah. an expected thing every time, but I just yeah. I don't really. When everything becomes so hotly debated, It's just these are things that I'm God, not too such, concerned with. you're such with. a girl.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't
2: know. Please buy my meal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Everyone I'm should pay for me I'm all the time. Poor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Please, so I may have another. <laughs> I guess that would be all over. but yeah.
2: Yeah. So Phil, what is running? You, I mean, three restaurants. You've worked uh, in. I know. You've worked in restaurants your entire life. Well,
0: mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, most all. Of I, d- it. I
0: did. I did work in an office job for about a week. In, How was
2: that? What was that like?
0: Um, I was like, uh, nobody's taking their shirt off. I haven't made out with anybody. Nobody's gotten in a fight. <laughs> nobody's drunk, and I'm like, none of that happened. And am like, literally, like. Ooh, I have a good story. I actually, I actually worked. I was actually more like about three weeks. I actually took a couple of different office jobs, so it was just this weird. Um, I don't even know what they did, but part of the training process was they had a telemarketing thing, so to work in the office, you had to work in the telemarketing for just a week to see what the, it kind of taught you what the company was about. I don't even remember what the company was. So there was like, there was like this uh, orientation and there was like 15 of us. And there was this woman, she probably had to be about 50 years old. She was probably about, I'd say about, five foot one and literally the most round person I've ever seen you can't even call her fat but she just literally was a round shaped person and a very androgynous haircut no makeup just very plain and wearing her you know khaki suits and tucked in white shirt and so everybody got the this like you know she she was like the boss of the floor or whatever and everybody got their own cubicle and I was the last person and there was not a cubicle for me so she's like oh well here you can use my cubicle now i thought it was weird because she was like the head person of the floor but her cubicle was exactly the same size and shape of every other person's cubicle on the floor which i thought that was odd kind of like kind of like you know very like i don't know soviet union kind of thing (laughs) Populist. but so she was very adamant she's like do you do not touch anything in this cubicle don't. All you need is a computer and the phone. Don't you touch any of my stuff? And I was like, okay, fine. So the cubicle was decorated with all these postcards that were like, "Happy birthday," "Wish you were here," blah blah. Mission, you know. And then I just got bored. And then I was just like, I just want to just like, run. I'm just going take. It. And I, and it was literally, literally like, I mean, I don't know if you guys will appreciate this. I got frightened because every single card was blank. And I just got like I thought she was going to catch me and kill me because it was just but it was like the saddest thing that is it was really like happy thing. birthday, I love you so much, and you know we oh, wish you man. were here, here we are you're not here, but we love you you know like every every single like holiday. And every one of them was blank. And then I just like, I just went like, I just got so like, it was frightening and sad and I had an anxiety attack and I just went like this and I just ran out.
1: And that was your last day.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, I was there for like an hour and a half. And then I just started seeing all the blank f- cards. I'm like, I gotta get the fuck out of here.
1: That's really sad. Maybe, maybe she just collected
2: postcards.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, those yes, stories yes, always, always make me yes, so yes, sad. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. She collects, then there weren't postcards. They were greeting cards and they, she yes, she collects, um, happy birthday okay. <laughs> greeting cards.
1: Yes, the offices are weird. Yeah. They're weird, People but yeah, are weird.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like the thing that I don't that I wouldn't like about working in an office is is uh, you know working in restaurants. You just you basically know everything that's going on with everybody's life because all you're doing, especially front of the house, all you're doing is talking. And when it's at the beginning of the shift, you're setting up. You're just talking. What did you do last night? No, oh, I got drunk. or oh, I fell in love. You know, blah blah blah. And everybody's talking about their most intimate details. And then you know, before and after work. And then after work, you go out and you know, you hang out and go to a bar. And so it's just like, it's just like you know everybody, like everything about everybody in six months. Whereas, like you can be in an office, and like you know, thirty years later, you're like, oh, oh, Bill, I didn't know you had twin daughters. You know, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I you think know,
1: that's starting to change a little bit. Now. A little bit, yeah. People
0: with the whole Google, you know, and startup yeah. culture,
1: and the, this um, new, there's a replacement for email called Slack, mm-hmm. where people are chatting all day now at work, like, yeah. like online chatting, and you end up getting to know people and sharing things a little mm. bit more. And offices, more modern offices. Believe that people should bring their real selves to work because it helps them do better work. But I that still sounds think, like jargon. yeah, yeah, <laughs> I still think that people have a wall up. But I mean, I I go out with my coworkers and I have friends at work and I know things about people. But I, I don't think it's as extreme as like the guy next to me. I don't even know he has kids. Like I know yeah. all my people who sit near me yeah. all about their children. Oh, cool. <laughs> but have, yeah, it's not as. Have... Ext- I mean, nobody's like openly
2: hooking up with anybody. Yeah, there's rumors. <laughs> um, this is this is kind of like a term that I, I definitely know, but is also, I think, come into popularity in the last like two years. And it happens a lot in the restaurants, too. Uh, work wives and work husbands. Oh, yeah. But it's like now that we're everyone's connected on the Internet, it just feels like everyone is sort of talking about it more. Um, yeah. So I've heard of that term. And it's
1: someone you have at work who's like your work best friend, kind of, but of the opposite gender,
2: I guess. Yeah, I mean, I guess, and like you, I guess like, you could have like I could have a work, you could wife have a work as an wife, option. yeah. And there's
0: somebody or you or, or, or you could like, be married to I, I could be married to a woman, but then I can have a work husband. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> someone that's
1: like your your pal, but it's like closer. I guess
2: you're not just friends. It's like well, it's the it's your the person. Pam and whatever John Krasinski's Jim Jim oh, yeah. uh, relationship like that they highlighted in office, right? But like before
0: the,
1: they were actually together romantically. Exactly.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's like the person you kind of like, you both are in it together at work. I don't, I, maybe Liz is my work wife. Liz, the
2: producer.
0: Ooh, fight, fight, fight.
2: <laughs> I'll fight you for Liz. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, you know, it happens a lot. I know in, in restaurants too, because, it, well, I, you can have like multiple in a restaurant, but there's always like that person that you, you know, lean on a little bit more for support and help. Restaurants also have, like, a structure of, like, work, you know, moms and work dads and work, like, siblings.
1: Yeah, restaurants are particular in that way. But I think we all, anywhere we work, we need someone to help us get through it. I mean, I... It's hard to not have (laughs) friends at work. It's just, like, what do you... How do you deal with all this shit? You need someone. Yeah, you need the support. (laughs) You need it. Uh, Especially restaurants. I think, yeah, because it's so intense when it's intense. Maybe that's why... People mm. become so close. Yeah, and also I think I've I've heard from people who work in restaurants that you're on like the restaurant schedule, mm-hmm. so you kind of those are your people. You need someone
2: to commiserate with.
0: Well, that's the other thing I like about restaurants, which you know, um, obviously I didn't know that thing about Netflix like Infinite Vacations, but um, but you know, besides that one is what I like about restaurants is like. I could decide. Uh, well, now I own restaurants, so I can do whatever I want. But, but, but back when I but back when I worked at bars or restaurants, like like if I want if I decided I want to go to the, you know the Keys tomorrow, I literally can get my shifts covered in... 12 hours notice right. uh-huh. people only, always want to pick up shift and make more money. So I like that. Like, I don't have to like, you know, uh, you know, right. You know, get the form, get somebody to sign it send it to HR and, you know, like I get like, you know, vacation approved, like a month away. I can just be like, uh, I'm not coming to work for the next four days. Who what's to work my shifts done.
1: Yeah. It sucks. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: it, yeah. I have a, I have so much anxiety about even asking for a vacation, which is so ridiculous. Cause it's I you know, get that and deserve it. So I agree. I think again, it's the whole like being treated like an adult thing. Like in our adult lives, we feel like we should be able to do whatever we want, but then I have to like ask someone to go on a vacation.
0: Yeah.
2: It's ridiculous. I'm not, I'm so bad at asking for that kind of stuff. I, I, it makes me uncomfortable. Like as soon as I need to work on that kind of communication, like as soon as I know something, I need to like bring it up and tell them like, oh, I have a wedding in LA. It's these dates. Want to you know tell you sooner or later? Yeah. I don't know why that's such a hard conversation. I'm gonna say it's gender.
1: I think it's a it's hard for women to do those things. I don't know.
2: Agreed. Yeah, for mm. me, I feel it. It's maybe a little like disappointment thing. Want to be you know don't want to. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I actually asking for things for yeah, myself. I have a, I'm in this <laughs> scenario right now. I got someone give me a free ticket to the U.S. Open. Obviously, I have to take the day off, mm-hmm. but I haven't even asked because so I'm scared. How dumb is that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's like next week. Yeah, uh, just just don't show up. Yeah, <laughs> I mean,
0: that's... All, all the best games are at night, anyways. <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. I love going to the U.S. Open. I should grab a ticket. <gasps> yeah, oh, that's
0: interesting. That's that's neat. That's, I go it, every people, year. People are still playing tennis in in Rio right now, and then they just go straight oh, yeah. from there, there to here. Yeah, well, the winners at least <laughs> are still there.
2: Uh, Rebecca Greenfield. Thank you so much for coming on to our show. Rebecca covers work culture for Bloomberg. She also is the co-host of the new uh, podcast Game Plan, which uh, if you can tell us where we can find it, I'm sure. It's on iTunes and at Bloomberg.com,
1: and you can Google Game Plan Podcast, and you'll, yeah. we'll be there for you.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah,
1: yeah thanks, thanks for, you for having so me, guys. Happy
0: Sunday. Happy Sunday. Sunday. <laughs> shine through